Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. My guest is Adie Christ. She's been a guest on Freedom Forum Radio before, but she grew up in Germany during the rise of Hitler. Well, you know, you are really kind of in a unique position. And again, we are speaking with Adi Christ, who was born in Germany during the rise of Adolf Hitler and lived there during the, the Second World War. She has a unique perspective on what was going on in Germany at that time. And uh, so here's what I have to ask you. If you were to look at what, are, what were the conditions in Germany that led to the rise of Adolf Hitler? What was going on in the country that made enough people adherent to that philosophy uh, in order for him to come to power? I think it's the same that it is here in which I have fought since I came to this country, and that's apathy. Apathy. I understand apathy. Let's go into that. Who was apathetic? In Germany, uh, what the, it- the general public—they had been on a high. Um, also, when I came uh, here to America, it was a philosophy here that nothing can ever uh, defeat Americans. And uh, after the Korean War, uh, President uh, Truman sent out his members of his administration to uh, circulate around the country, America, and tell Americans, drive it home to them, there is nothing that can happen to the Americans. They're invincible. And so they would, when I came over, they they carried a stack of chips on their shoulder, and nothing, you know, from outside America was worth anything. Talk about, you know, being bullied. I was bullied a lot because I was German. They could hear it because I spoke with an accent and nothing was worth, you know, anything. And so when you, um, you know, put that into uh, a, a person's mind or a population's mind, plus uh, later on when Madeline Murray O'Hare uh, was trying to get prayer out of school, from that, this, that was before LBJ's separation of church and state, he said from the pulpit, you know, don't worry about one woman getting prayer out of school. It'll just never happen. So don't get involved in politics and just stay out of it. You know, well, when you give people permission not to be active and, and not to fight something, they will take that and they will sit down and then they don't come back up again. And I have been fighting that ever since, you know, I've been in this country. 
that to get people involved. I was upset when I saw the uh, um, voting records, you know, the numbers that would come out, 17%, 19% when there were elections. And I just knew that if they, uh, the Americans did not learn history, that they would repeat history because they thought that they were immune to anything. And nobody is immune. You know, if you don't uh, uh, watch your house, somebody will break in. And that's, you know, what I feel has happened here in America. So I've been really active over the years to um, encourage people to vote and start voting on the local level, because if you don't like what they say, then that's where you can change it. Don't wait until they're in Washington, you know, and uh, in Germany, it was, uh, you know, they they had, um, eventually they had, they would appoint people uh, in a block, a city block or an apartment house and so on to be a watchdog. Well, they thought they had so much power because they were, you know, could go to the police and just accuse anybody. Well, you know that that happens here. If you don't watch out, what you know, who is running for office, and what they believe in, and what they stand for, then they will go in and into office locally or on the state level. And then, the further they get away from the hometown, the easier it is for them to ignore the voters and what the voters want done. And once they get to Washington, it's just about impossible to get a hold of a senator and a congressman and get your uh, uh, views known or followed. So it is, you know, just important that people keep their eyes open and watch who they put in power because they can say anything. But then when they're out of reach, they will go against what the voters want done. Well, you know, what you're talking about really is the the, the basic construction of our country from the constitution was that power was really vested in the people and in the states that was the original concept of our founding fathers uh, namely that local politicians or local politics those people had best call on people who ran local affairs and the entire constitution was written to keep power in the hands of locals people and local states. The states were the ones who had all of the power in the original Constitution. And of course, when it comes to the progressive movement, the collectivist movement, that was what they had to destroy. They had to destroy local power in order to get concentrated power in the federal government, because that's how you control people best. You control it by having people in charge being far, far away from you so they cannot be touched. And that really is, it's kind of interesting when you talk about history, because during the American War of Independence, the population of the colonies was basically divided in thirds. About one-third of the people were very happy with the British running things. About one-third wanted to be independent, and about one-third didn't care one way or the other what happened. And in actuality, only 3% of the population were actually actively involved in the War of Independence. Uh, So, again, you have that division. What was it like in Germany when Hitler came to power? What kind of percentages were active in the population there? But I think eventually it it boils down to about the same thing uh, percentage-wise. 
But then he also, and uh, uh, I was reading something yesterday. He, uh, excuse me. He also persuaded the uh, intelligentsia. You know, just you know, he put them ahead of, of organizations, and they they agreed. You know, and when you read the list of people that really didn't believe in what he was doing, but yet he was able to twist their arm to be head of organizations, whether it be arts, you know, he used anything to get his, you know, get, to get in, uh, his power in place. But uh, famous musicians, famous, you know, uh, other people, doctors and so on, they gave in just so they could, you know, could, uh, could survive. And so normally the percentages that are really for something are about 3%. And it's amazing that you mentioned 3% because even in today's churches, there's 3% that really support the churches and the others are in just for a free ride. And that is hard to, you know, to imagine. But again, it's that, you know, do something for me attitude. And it's, uh, you know, has gotten into the churches. And it's not sustainable that way. You know, eventually something is going to have to give. 3% cannot carry the whole country. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We'll be right back after this quick break. You mentioned, of course, that Hitler used the intelligentsia, the artists, the educated people, the, the physicians, the those kind of people, he promised them things. He gave them things to help gain their support. Um, do you find a similarity there with what's going on in our country today? Oh, yeah, sure do. And then he would pull them in, but then he would also get these um, you know, idea, um, ideas or this phobia where he called you know, even his friends in and he would he would kill him. He did, you know. So he got him with honey, and and they thought they were fine. And then eventually, you know, they would be dead. Um, the the person that helped him write his book, Mein Kampf, he that's what he did with them. He eventually he pulled them in, and and they were killed. So he was not trustworthy. He uh, and and I don't think people at that time had ever experienced anybody like that. They had had the Kaiser. And and they knew, you know, they were, um, you know, he was doing uh, his uh, uh, treaties and so on, but it wasn't that personal. And uh, then they had, you know, the kings and so on, and all of that was just the higher elite, the monarchy, kind of like they have in England, but they seemed to be further, you know, removed. They didn't really have that much input, and they did not threaten, uh, you know, freedom of speech. They weren't, you know, your neighbor. They weren't in your apartment complex. They weren't on your job. You know, you you didn't have to worry about that. So they were, you know, fooled by what is going on and being just gullible. And, um, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. But even then, there were people that stood up and, uh, you know, stood for what is right. The church... You know, he eventually took over the church. That being a pastor of a church was a government job, and um, whether it's in, in southern Germany where they had the Catholics or the Lutherans where I came from, you know, up north, and he used them in, to indoctrinate the people. But there was a man um, in the 1800s, and his uh, his name is Stucker, 
and he was anti uh, anti Jewish, and he got to be really really you know popular and divided the German uh, the Lutheran Church. He was a conservative pastor. He had a wonderful personality, but you know his uh, views came up and and uh, uh, caused problems in Germany. But then there was another section. Of, of Lutheran pastors that said you can't do that, and so there, you know, you have to you have to recognize the Jews, and you cannot, you know, be against them. And so, uh, you know, that was stirred not by by Hitler, but by somebody that was in the church, in the Lutheran church, and at a time when you know Luther's uh, Reformation was really taking. You know, hold and everybody in Germany. You know, was that was the number one book, the Bible. But then another person, you know, came along, Chamberlain, and Chamberlain wasn't. There's another story, and he, you know, when when he when Hitler came to hear him, uh, and heard his ideas, Hitler didn't have very many followers at all. But yet, before he died, he visited Hitler and you know and and told him that he was God's gift to Germany. And, uh, you know, that, and he prayed for him in that manner. So the church was also, you know, double-minded in that and didn't pay attention to what was, you know, what was going on. So it's just, uh, you know, I, and I think the same thing is going on, you know, here right now, that they are not coming down on the right side. So one of the things that Hitler did is he manipulated the Lutheran church and the establishment of the Lutheran church. But there were uh, clerics, there were pastors who did fight against that. Dietrich yes. Bonhoeffer, of course, being one very famous one. Right. But it wasn't just the, uh, the Lutheran Church. That is just because Germany was divided after 1648, after the peace process in, in Weimar. Uh, they were divided in, in two uh, 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 sections. The southern part chose to stay with the Catholic Church, and the northern part in Denmark and Sweden, they decided to go with Luther's, you know, revelation. But also, you know, their leader, Pope Pius XII, was a good friend of, of Hitler and visited him, visited him often in the, at the Eagle's Nest in the Bavarian Alps. So the leader of the Catholic Church, you know, was a friend, and they knew what was going on, and he did nothing to stop it. So it didn't just affect the Lutherans, it affected, you know, uh, the uh, um, Catholics also. So tell us a little bit about Bonhoeffer. He was, uh, he was just an incredible person who had an, uh, an unbelievable sense of, of moral right. And, and he fought Hitler to the death, did he not? Right, right. He was shot, I believe, the week before uh, the war was over because he would not give in. You know, just like um, um, Anne Frank's father, you know, or no, was the Ten Booms. Uh, he was shot the week before the uh, the war was over, and and Bonhoeffer was just uh, reiterating what you know Luther had uh, had discovered and what he was told and the personal responsibility that you you know you have as the child of God, and he was just standing on that. It wasn't just the revelation, you know, by Christ alone. And, and his uh, shedding on the, of his blood on the cross, but also what you do after that. You know, you stand up um, for what God wants you to do and, and for 
um, you know, helping others and, and looking out for the poor and, and not accepting, you know, the, what Hitler was trying to take away again. And so there were, you know, several of the pastors. He's the one that got caught, but there were others, too, that, you know, objected to that, you know, uh, to Hitler's rules. Some of them aren't as uh, well-known as Bonhoeffer, you know, but they paid with their lives also. So, obviously, what we wanted, what we want to really do is to learn from history. So, in your view, and your view being what it is, and we're, we're speaking with Adi Christ, who grew up in Hitler's Germany uh, before emigrating to this country. So, she has a perspective of what was going on in Germany during the rise of Hitler and during the Second World War. So, what can we in America learn from Germany's history? Um, number one, take your head out of the sand. A lot of the people, a lot of Americans think that if they don't do anything or if they don't vote, it'll go away. Well, people that have the kind of agenda like uh, Hitler has, um, then, you know, or they want to take away your, you know, your freedom of speech and your, the right to own a gun and defend yourself and so on, they're not going to give up. They are going to pursue it, and they're going to try and wear you down. So uh, putting your head in the sand is not an option, and especially with the uh, um, elections coming up within a few months. We, people just need to understand that if they want to keep their freedoms, they cannot vote for the progressives. The progressives are an ever-hungry, never-letting-up uh roaring lion that want to devour everybody's freedom. They only want their views to be known and accepted. They want to have freedom of speech, but they don't want us to have freedom of speech. So um, we haven't even mentioned, even mentioned the schooling and, and things, you know, like that. Um, and I've spoken out over the years about the, what's going on in our schools and the indoctrination and you know, what has happened um, to our education and how dumbed down our kids are. And all of that is part of them accepting the progressive program. So we as parents need to stand up and say, you will not do that to my children. You will not do that to future generations. And, uh, you know, um, I'm putting a stop to this. People have to wake up and, and learn to say, no, you're not going to have my First Amendment. You're not going to have my Second Amendment. You know, I am going to stand on what is right, and I am going to stand on on the morality that is taught in the Bible. I am going to stand against abortion. I mean, anybody that, you know, that is breathing um, should be able to see that abortion is murder. And you cannot, you know, uh, blindly vote for somebody that endorses that because that is taking away their freedom. The women that, that um, want to you know, have an abortion or that have abortions, they stand on their right. Well, their right starts before they have a relationship with the opposite sex and start a life. You know, that, but then it's when it's in. So the demeaning of life is, is one of the things that Hitler was you know, an expert in doing, and that is what I have been seeing here. And you can't do that because that's the beginning of the end. If if people don't respect unborn children, they're not going to respect the ones that are born. 
that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Original sin. Thank <laughs> you.